Welcome to Blue Collar Love, a Starfire 59 retrospective. And welcome to a special episode of Blue Collar Love. My name is Samuel. And this is Aaron. And we have a special guest with us tonight. May you introduce yourself? Hi, this is Wayne Everett. Drum drummer extraordinaire. <laughs> and um, so tonight uh, we have a little special. We get to uh, interview Wayne Everett here all the way. Um, Wayne, where where are you calling us from? New York. Calling right? you from? No, I'm I'm actually I've moved out to Los Angeles. Back out to Los oh. Angeles about a oh. year and a half ago. So oh, wow. um, so now I'm calling to you from beautiful Koreatown in central Los Angeles. Um, oh wow. Starting to finally get a little cool at night. <laughs> no All rice from going the... on, are there? No. I'm sorry, say it again. Okay. No riots happening there? <laughs> <laughs> no, no riots. Let's see. The last, okay. last riot I can remember That's... was uh, was the, the Rodney King riot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's crazy. <laughs> All right, so all the way from there. All right, so let's go ahead and get this started, guys. I'm super excited. So, Wayne, um, I'll, I'll give you our first question here. Um, this is a podcast dedicated to all things Starfire 59. So for those not familiar with uh, your name or who you are, um, what did you do in Starfire 59, and how did you get started with the band? Um, well, I was the, dr- the drummer in Starfire for a few years. Um, I met... Um, uh, Jason Martin, the leader of Starfire 59, um, kind of in the scene, I think like, uh, if I remember correctly, which is totally like possible that I'm not remembering this correctly because I have foggy <laughs> memories of, foggy memories of, some, of some of the events that happened a long time ago. Yeah. But, um, if, if I'm remembering correctly, um, uh, we met through the scene, um, and in those days, you know, when you're coming up with a band and you're, you're playing a whole bunch of shows, and, you're, and basically, you know, you're just trying to, like, play as many shows as possible because you don't have any fans, so you're just trying to, like, get in front of people and, and try to, you know, get people into your music and stuff. So we were playing local shows a lot, and then um, I think we probably probably met through that scene and um, either at a show or, or maybe through friends who knew him or something like that. And, um, you know, in the Christian music scene, it's, it's so small too. So whenever there's a, a new player in the scene, especially one who was so like highly touted as, as Jason and Starflyer, um, it was kind of like, Oh wow. You know, we should be paying attention to him. And so, uh, and so obviously we did just like everyone else did. So you're saying well, so so even back then you said that he was highly touted by by who like specifically? Uh, just like by people who had seen them play or had heard his demos, you know, the people were talking him up a lot, and so it was really exciting to um, uh, to hear that first record that came out, and then um, and then uh, the band that I was in at the time um, called the Prayer Chain, we. Um, we were going to go on a tour, and so um, we wanted um, Starflyer to come out with us because we were really excited about their music, and so we brought them out on on the road, 
And uh, around that same time, uh, you know, we we're just getting to know Jason and, and Jason uh, ended up asking me to play drums for him on that tour um, because it was going to be a lot, it'd be easier for, um, for everybody if, if, uh, if I just did double duty on that tour. So I played the drums for Starflyer and then I heard some <laughs> chain. So you had to learn, so you were doing double duty. Yeah, those were long, long nights. And wow. you know, we were also we were we were also loading. Uh, we also had on that tour um, our own PA and lights and sort of visual show too. And so, and we didn't have any crew members. We had like one roadie, and so basically everyone wow. had to pitch in and and load up and stuff. There was a a third band that we brought out with us called Luxury, and oh, uh, and everyone man, that'd be great. So what? The prayers of luxury and Starflyer. Oh my God! Yeah, that was um, nineteen nineteen ninety five, maybe something like that. I think, but it was hard. We were, we were, um, we had to haul. We had to. Everyone had to load in all of the gear, the PA gear, the lighting gear, set it all up, do all that stuff. So it was a pretty grueling tour. Wow! And wow. and this was around the time that the prayer chain began to break up, right? Um, yeah, I think that was I think that was the last tour that we did. I think I think it was. Um, it was a for the record that we did called Mercury, and so yeah. um, that was um, so we had brought like a you know uh, we had like slideshow kind of thing, a really really um, <laughs> by by today's standards a very a very uh, analog, very weak <laughs> mm. visuals presentation, but that was all we could afford at the time. So, which albums on Starfire did you actually um, play on? Uh, let's see. So, I um, I produced the vocals on um, on the uh, uh, on the gold. Uh, let's see, on the gold album, and I played okay. a couple songs, I think, and then I played on um, uh, uh, I played on um, the plugged album, which is the live album. Oh, wow. We did. Okay. And, um, and then also, uh, uh, fashion focus and everybody makes mistakes. And Americana, right? And Americana. Yes. This is, I forgot yeah. about Americana. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, okay. um, if I may ask how much influence or, um, input did you have, on those records like was it just all jason martin and just what he wanted to do or do you guys uh you in particular have any input on here are some ideas for songs um I, well as far as songwriting is, is concerned it's jason's thing and it's his band and he and you know he wrote the songs um when we were doing um when we were rehearsing for the americana album um he and bass player Eric Camposano and myself, the three of us, were rehearsing the songs, and so we would, we would have some, uh, we would have some discussions about arrangements a little bit and stuff like that. Um, and then, um, and then on the fashion focus and uh, and everybody makes mistakes. I think um, I think we might have done some arrangement things, if I remember correctly. There might have been um, also some input from the producer of those. Um, Okay. Yeah, I think he would have had some opinions on that stuff too. I think because I think Jason wrote them and then brought them um, to the studio. I think, if I remember correctly. So basically, so so he would have just had the songs and like you would just like come up with drums, like as you're rehearsing. Is that how it worked? 
yeah, I come up with the drum parts and stuff, and then um, and then uh, as we're recording, I'll offer up some other ideas. I did a lock all the background vocals and stuff, so I I wrote a lot of those parts um, too. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as like the bulk of the songwriting, it's that's all Jason, you know, and he's he's just such a good songwriter, and so it was really cool to be able to um, to work with him and to be a part of those songs. It's really cool. That is awesome. That's really cool. And you, the song "All Done Wrong." Do you know if you played drums on that? Did, were you on that song? If you, if you Which one? "All Done Wrong" was like a B-side. It wasn't. It ended up on the box set. Easy come, easy go. Uh, I don't. I don't recall that song. But long research. Uh, it. Hmm. Long hmm. research. So. So that's fine. Um, how how has your religious faith influenced your music in the past, present? Does it ever? Has it ever? Hmm. I think for me, um, uh, I was a Christian in those days, and for me, it was Christianity was much more about um, kind of my personal like um, kind of ethics and value system, and just you know being mindful of things outside yourself and and uh um and i think it helped me you know understanding that there's like a higher power and there's something that's you know uh more important than um than uh uh you know whatever kind of trivial things that i might maybe dwelling on and things like that um and so i think in in that way it certainly influenced um some of the songs that i wrote um uh, some of the, the things that I wrote for the prayer chain. Um, uh, lyrically, um, I wrote a song called, or uh, the lyrics and melody to this, a song that we had called Sky High. That was. Um, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Great. You were, oh, yeah, that's a great one. Thank you. Um, but I wrote the, the lyrics and melody to that song. Um, and so for me, that, that and that was the only song I believe that I, that I wrote for the prayer chain that had any kind of like sort of spiritual um, or, or religious kind of allusions to it. Um, you know, in that song, I, I, I see, you know, going out to the desert and, and these are, I kind of felt like a very spiritual experience out there. And as if, you know, there are like angels out there that are sort of watching over and uh, it's a very peaceful place for me. Uh, this isn't a prayer chain podcast, but I just I so I'm gonna restrain myself. <laughs> just not ask another question. But, but I did just that. Google it. You you did play drums on All Done Wrong, and just for the record, spoiler: that's my favorite Starfire Fifty Nine song of all time. It's a great song. Oh, cool! Oh my god, I got to, <laughs> I got to listen to it then. I haven't got li- to. I've listened to some of those records in a long time, so it's amazing. Uh, it's good. it's like one of like ten songs that I can listen on repeat, like. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's perfect. <laughs> so anyway, Sam, you're up. All right. So uh, next question I have is um, at that point when you guys were all playing together in um, 95, 96, whatever, did you have any particular bands that inspired you or that you just liked a lot? Um, oh, so many. Um, yeah, it's – huh. Yeah, there's just so many, uh, you know, at that time when you, when you're like in your mid twenties and you're like, uh, uh, you're just, you know, 
at that moment, I, I just felt like so in tune with what was going on in music, you know, and especially the styles of music that I really enjoyed. So there were so many bands around then that, um, that we had enjoyed for, for a really long time. Um, you know, for me personally, I, I really enjoyed um, stuff like The Verve and Spiritualized and um, Stereo Lab, who I just actually just saw um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago play here in L.A., um, wow, that's yeah, a, that's a, that's a they're they're a weird bunch. <laughs> yeah, they're super. They're it's, it was such a great show. They're they're uh, it, it, yeah, it was just really amazing. Um, and um, uh, let's see, uh, you know, we, there's a oh also on the heavier side, a band that that really influenced, uh, I, I think really influenced Starfly. All of us who were in Starfire at the time was um, Girls Against Boys. Um, they were really, really strong. It's some really strong songs, especially the album Venus Luxure, number one baby. That's a amazing <laughs> I've album. never heard of that band. I've never heard of that band. Have you oh, seen? they're great. Sam, have you heard of that band? I have not heard of that band. I'm I mean, the to, name I'm sounds a, like I'm I may have heard it in passing. Girls vs. Girls Against Boys, and the album is called called Venus Luxure Number One Baby. It'll come up pretty quickly. (laughs) It's probably their most popular. How about any Christian, like independent Christian artists? Because I'm I'm assuming Stephen Curtis Chapman and people like that didn't really influence you guys, but like on the indie scene, who who really influenced you? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Well, the people who, who. I liked were, you know, um, the people like, you know, like Adam again and the 77s. Um, and, uh, uh, Violet burning and, um, oh, yes. uh, you know, some of the people who, um, you know, we ended up playing some shows with, which was really exciting. So, um, yeah, mostly, okay. mostly them, I think. Do you That's have some really a- good quality bands? Yeah, they are. And um, do you? Um, wow. Okay. So, um, do you have like luxury and Starfly? Oh, okay. Do you have a like a um, a favorite or funny Starfly '59 tour story or something you'd like to share? While you were in the band. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, well, we uh, we almost um. Uh, we almost uh, tipped over uh, in a in a snowstorm, and uh, and uh, could have been really seriously injured. That doesn't we were... sound funny at all. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's not funny until well, let's see. Well, uh, let's see. What would be a better story than? It yeah, we be, funny. We don't. We don't want a near death experience. <laughs> I mean, they're they're funny in hindsight, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, anything can be funny in hindsight. Tell the story. Go ahead. There tell is, the there dying, is a, almost dying in a snow story. Yeah. Okay. So there was there was a time where um, when I was in the band and um, Jeff Cloud was in the band. And, which tour was this? Do you remember? Jason, I don't remember which one. Okay. It was. Okay. All right. uh, but uh, but Jeff and Jeff and Jason went to high school together, and so they have they've known each other for you know they're like brothers kind of. So, okay, gotcha. Um, so they had kind of like this kind of thing where they they love to kind of you know get under each other's skin or kind of 
prod another person you know so for me i just loved watching them do this to each other it was really fun but one of the things that happened one time was um uh we were at a jack-in-the-box and kind of marveling at how like you know how like there's um there's so many different like uh, menu items at jack-in-the-box it's a grocery store it's a freaking grocery store yes oh my god it's a great yes Yes. Yeah, just like a lot of weird <laughs> items, you know, and so you can get anything. So, you can get literally anything there. <laughs> yeah. So we, so we're looking at the menu, and Jason goes, "Hey, Cloud, um, you know, why don't uh, you know? How about if I? How about if if I'll pick out? What if I pick out ten random items on this menu? <laughs> Think you could eat it?" <laughs> and, that's and of course, of food, ten items. It's a lot of food. Jeff's a tall guy. That's true. But, yeah. but um, but he and of course Jeff immediately says yes because he doesn't want Jason <laughs> to think that he's you know that he's gonna like shy away from this challenge. <laughs> so, so anyway, he so he so he ate all ten items and you know. Do you remember what like, he ordered? I it was it was just random things like a. You know, a cheeseburger and like fried zucchini and like a one egg taco. roll, a taco, yeah, okay, yeah. jalapeno <laughs> popper. Uh, you know, just really disgusting. You know, and Jeff the whole time just eats it with a straight face. You know, and Jason is just trying to look for any 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 signal that he's struggling at all, and he, and Jeff and Jeff just does not give it to him. You know, and and it was really funny, and uh, and so then he finishes the ten items and. Um, and Jason goes, wow, wow, Cloud. So what if I bought three more items? <laughs> yeah. uh, and Jeff immediately just says, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Definitely. <laughs> so they do this back and forth for the this whole time we're in the jackpot. And I think uh, uh, Jeff ended up eating like 14 items or something oh, like that. Oh, wow. Whoa, and that's so, a lot of grease too, man. That stuff's so greasy. Yeah. <laughs> and Jace and Jeff just did not give Jason any kind of, you know, look of distress or un- discomfort. He was just like, you know, hey, you know, I, 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 it's delicious, it's really good, it's really good. And so, you know, fast forward like maybe two hours later, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Montezuma's revenge. Jeff is not feeling so hot. <laughs> Jason is just laughing with glee, and that's that's a, good, that's a good example of the kind of you know relationship that they have. He calls him Cloud. What's that? Jason yeah, they call it. Yeah, they call each other by their last name. They, they he calls him Martin, and then Jeff Martin. calls Jason Martin. Yeah, and then they called me Evie. Um, because they thought that was funny. Because I guess there's an there's an older like like an artist named Evie from the '60s yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and they then they called Eric Camposano. They called him Cupy. Um, because that's a crazy name. That's a crazy name. I'm glad you said because I, I always wanted to know how to say that last name. I was like, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, no, you and many people. Because the the reason why he got the nickname Cupy initially is because. Um, when the prayer chain went on tour one time, he, Eric had to stay home because he had broken his sternum, fractured his sternum. And so we had a, a, another friend of ours fill in on the, on the base. And at some show, somebody was like, hey, where's, where's Cupy Lasagna? <laughs> Cupy Lasagna. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, great. That, that should be a band name, Cupy Lasagna. 
So, so the, the nickname QP stuck after that. So everybody started calling him QP after that. For those who don't know, um, he's the he was the bass player in the Pro Chain. So, all right, um, Wayne, do you have a favorite Starfire Fifty Nine song? I share it mine. Um, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. I think Jason, you know, he's such a such a good songwriter, and I really like the way that over the years he's kind of evolved his style. Um, but I think maybe for me, um, uh, I, you know, the records that I got to make with him, uh, I think are really strong. And, and I think maybe one of the real highlights, I think, of his whole work is maybe um, that song, um, Fell in Love at 22. Um, the, it's such a simple song, which I'm a, such a sucker for, like, you know, really simple songs. And, and um, it's just got such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful uh, lyric and such a beautiful, uh, I think, vocal performance from from him on that song. It's just such a tender, beautiful song. It's so honest, and there's no sense of like uh, of like pretense or or trying to like you know be something that it's not. It's just a beautiful, simple, sincere song. Sam, did you think he was going to say that? I I had no idea what was coming, <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, but he's got a, you know, he's got so many good ones. I really like, a, you know, I love songs like uh, the Dungeon and Levanker and. Um, is that how you say it? Is that okay? We're gonna hate ourselves, but is that that is that the proper way to say that Levanker? Yeah, yeah, Levanker. Oh God, cool. Okay. How fluent yeah, we, French are you? It means uh, what's it? How fluent? I'm I'm conversational in it. Um, mm-hmm. Not fluent, but um, but I can get along. It was my uh, minor in college. I studied um, intercultural communications, and my and then it uh, was my major, and then my minor was in French. Mm-hmm. I asked that because, like, on the um, um, Easy Come Easy Co box set, there's on the live shows, there's sessions of sections of you speaking French, and then on the choir, the the band, the choir, the Let It Fly live album, you play <laughs> some drums up there, and there's some speech some french of you speaking there so it's like <laughs> just always been curious about that yeah like, there was a choir um, podcast with you too man jesus man you're just all over you're <laughs> everywhere in the, man. you were doing everything man more it's funny because um, go ahead oh no i was just gonna say um uh it came up it came about we I started doing that because jason was really um he was a little self-conscious about performing and, and he didn't like the, 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 the pauses between the songs and he didn't, he didn't really want to you know, say anything or do any banter or anything. He just didn't, just wasn't his thing. And so he asked if, if I would just, just, just say stuff in French, you know, in, the, in between songs just to kind of kill some time. And so I would just make up things to say and, and um, and actually, we we did that at uh, uh, at a festival one time. And afterwards, the guy came up to me and started speaking to me in French. And I was like, "Whoa, slow down a little bit, man!" I, this is fast for me. <laughs> but anyway, he and I like just sort of started chatting, and now and that guy uh, we became friends, and he's still a good friend of mine to this day. That's just, hilarious. Yeah, he lives in Switzerland. I was I always wondered about that. So yeah, because I know Jason famously doesn't like the tour and yes doesn't do a lot of band tour and everything like did did y'all ever talk about that or did you just kind of like pick up on that or how did that come about about um jason yeah. not wanting to tour? yeah yeah no yeah touring and the band tour in between and everything yeah i think it was just kind of like you know uh, 
I think for him, you know, performing uh, was you know something that he wanted to do. He knew he had to do, and um, I think he enjoyed it to a certain extent. But I think just kind of like you know, for him, doing banter in between songs just was not like something that he wanted to do. And so I think at the time he wanted to um, kind of uh, create some mystique by having you know somebody you know speak in French and then he also had me um had me set up in the middle of the stage um uh almost like a lead singer so I would sit I'd be set up like right in the middle of the stage um. in the front. and uh some of the people I think who might have had uh were, were sitting right in front of there they got a, an earful of drums more than maybe they wanted to <laughs> so the drums were up front and then the guitar and the bass um were set up like like kind of like a little behind the drum set is that what you're saying yeah a little bit yeah okay, okay. almost like there was just like three of us up in the front and you know just across the, the front of the stage wow that's that's really unique yeah. Um, yeah i don't know how much those people in the front row liked it but uh, <laughs> they loved that's it fair. you go to a live show you want to hear it loud um so moving on to the next question here um if you are at liberty to say um why did you end up leaving starfire um well eventually uh like a lot of musicians it was just i just couldn't afford it anymore you know i i had bills to pay and and i just i just didn't have i had to go i had to go get a job you know musicians music is a hard thing to live off of and you know, not many can do it, and I got to a point where I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I was broke and my heart. needed sucks. needed money. Yeah, there was Still. a lot of bad things that happened at that time. You know, it was like, um, yeah, it was just, it was rough. I, I went through some really difficult times financially um, uh, at that time, and and it was just like I just couldn't do it anymore. Was um, the industry like? Was it really hard to? work in the music industry particularly in the 90s and the underground scene um uh yeah i, I don't i don't could can't compare it to anything else because I, I don't really know what, it, what it's like in any other era except for the time that i was able to do it and i'm i feel really really lucky to have been able to make a living off of music for a little while like i did you know for you know four or five years maybe something like that um and uh which is a lot more than most musicians are able to to you know be able to do yeah. so i'm really really thankful for that um but you know it had it took its toll too you know it, it was really really difficult for me to to get on my feet after that you know because you know all of my work experience was around playing music and <laughs> and all of my friends uh who you know uh all my friends were musicians you know i didn't know anyone who who had like, um, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends who were like in, you know, businesses that you know, could give me a, a you know, uh, uh, a foot in the door or anything like that, or give me an opportunity. So it was it was hard, but I so I, I don't regret it at all. So it was just a financial thing. Yeah, for me mostly. I mean, I I loved playing, you know, the music, and I loved going on tour and all that stuff, but. I just ran out of money. Um, how's yeah, no, your relationship? Um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Sam. Oh no, I was just saying that's that's fair. Um, I have a, I've listened to interviews from other artists, um, like Mark Nix from Cool Hand Luke, and he he has said, you know, it's it, it becomes really weird to 
um, have to leave the band, and then suddenly all your jobs are like, hey, you uh, don't have any experience. So, yeah, it's mm. hard. It, it's hard, but you know, I mean, I'm not going to complain because you know, uh, I I was able to do what I loved for a number of years, and and I I was able to really um, learn from some people who really helped me um, tap into my love for music and to be able to be better at, 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 at trying to write it and perform it. And, and, and so I'm forever grateful for that experience for sure. That's awesome. How, how's your relationship with Jason right now? It's great. Uh, let's see. Uh, when did I see him last? Uh, hmm, boy, I can't remember, but, um, it wasn't that long ago actually that, um, that uh, Jason and Jeff and Eric and I actually uh, played a card game. We had a card game like oh, last year, like that. Card games and old friends. <laughs> yeah, that's it. it. Was literally we were literally playing out the lyrics of that song. <laughs> wow, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We hadn't, that's you know, we hadn't seen each other in a long time, and yeah, awesome. we we hadn't been able to to chat with each other really that much, you know, in person because we all live in different places, kind of now in Southern California. But um, but I'm uh, sure you know, traffic kind of makes it very yeah, traffic makes it hard. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, totally. how come you haven't have how come you haven't played on any Starfire albums in I don't know, like twenty years, fifteen years, something like that? <laughs> well, he uh, he he got some other drummers, you know, he he is. Has been working with other people. But you're people. the best drummer. What is he doing? I'm about to talk to him. What is he doing with his life? <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think his son Charlie actually played on the last record of his. Is that right, Sam? Yes, you know? that that is correct. And um, okay. I, I I really do like that last record. It's a great album. Oh man, mm-hmm. All right, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything about it right now. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> Well, only a few more questions. We won't take too yeah, much yeah. more of your time. Um, so, do you feel that the uh, Prayer Chain or another band, Aaron wrote down here, the Lassie Foundation, were uh, more true to your musical aesthetics? Or uh, I, I, I think I, I think I know which one it is. You mean uh, you mean more which band? Which band of, of the, the three bands is more of my aesthetic? No, just 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 the Lassie Foundation, the prayer chain. Because I figure, Phil, you you probably have more have more input in those than Starflyer. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I mean, Lassie Foundation is is definitely more my aesthetic, just because. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just because I had more of a hand in the the songwriting. You know, in the prayer chain, we we did all of the songwriting together. Mm-hmm. Um, which was super cool, and and I think um, and it was really collaborative in that way, and we jammed a lot of things. Um, but with um, the Lassie Foundation, um, it was basically Eric and and I just you know at the beginning at least um, just writing these songs, and then you know having to figure out how to finish them and and how to record them and all that stuff. And so I think over the years that. Um, that band has been a little bit more uh, of my thing because I've had more to contribute to it. And how 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 validating is that the Lassie Foundation is probably commercially the your most successful out your endeavor in music? Well, I don't know about that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the the Prayer Chain sold more way more records than um, 
then lack of foundation for sure. And um, I was definitely able to to survive off of that (laughs) for a few years. Um, But I think... um, Didn't the Legacy Foundation have a couple, like a song or two, and uh, a couple sound, like a soundtrack or something? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and those those pay pretty good, but um, you know, uh, but going on tour and stuff um, pays a lot better <laughs> over the long haul. Yeah, got uh, you. Okay, but, I got uh, you. I got you. Okay. But yeah, I'm really so, stoked that we were able to get those placements in in uh, a few movies and um, and some television shows. So, for any listeners out there, if you haven't listened to the Lassie Foundation or the Prayer Chain, you're, you're missing out. Uh, it'll, it'll enrich your life um so do you have any music well um i know you were working on so okay so i know you have you released a solo album back in like 2000 help me out three yeah, or 2003 four. or so yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 king kings queens great album too mm-hmm. sounds very much like Thank the you. Lassie foundation if you like the Lassie foundation i like it um very good i can see jail's the best song up there um so and i and i think you're uh if i remember you're work you were working on or recently completed a second solo album is that right yeah i just actually i just finished it um i just finished recording it um this uh within the past month or so and so right now i'm just finishing up um doing the artwork and then i have um uh currently working on um uh three music videos um, right now, oh, so, wow. so we're gonna have um, gonna have some something out. Hopefully, I'm hoping I'm gonna have this thing out by um, uh, by Christmas. Oh wow, this so, year? Yeah, yeah. I just need to get the artwork done, and then um, and then we'll we'll be working on these music videos shortly. So um, the music, at least, uh, uh, will hopefully be out by the end of the what's year. The, what's the album called? Uh, it's gonna be called Two Ghosts. Not. Number not number two. I'm sorry. Say that sorry. again. Breaking up. I said not number two, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you got to go and listen to that album. It's a really good album. I am. And I am. I think if you listen to that album, I think you'll understand a little bit more some of that era of uh, of Starflyer as well. Oh, really? Because that album was a huge influence on Jason uh, oh. uh, when it came out. Any any other music or any any projects or anything else you're involved with or know about you? Know, um, let's see. Uh, uh, been working with um, the Lassie Foundation guys on and off. It's uh, it's uh, we're, we've been working on uh, some new music. It's just been very slow as I've been finishing up this um, solo album. Um, and uh, and you should uh, the listeners should also go and check out uh, Eric Campuzano's um, band Stranger Kings. They're really good. That's exciting. Oh yeah, and Charity and Impre- help me out, Wayne. What's that? Album? Oh yeah, Charity. Oh yeah, Charity and Preza. Yeah, Charity and Preza. Yeah, that's a really good one too. Um, um, I um, Sam has one last question, but before we get to that, I have a question for you. That's been driving me crazy. Since back to that time. So Steve hit along, drummer from the choir, um, mm-hmm. had a solo album called Skinny, and there's a song up there called Digging Your Style that's dedicated to you, Wayne Everett. Can you tell me about that song and how that came about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you'd have to ask Steve how it came about. 
Oh, okay. but, but, you never asked uh, him about it. You just <laughs> uh, well, I I was uh, he asked me to um to produce the album um for him, and I mean you know yeah. he's such a good producer himself. He really you is. Know, he it, really uh, is. He doesn't need like someone to come and and help him to do certain production <laughs> things, but he just he, needed he's the Kanye another... West of rock production. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really is a genius. He really is. He's really great. <laughs> yeah. And so he asked me to come in and, and be the producer for that, that album in, in the way that he needed any kind of production. Um, but then, yeah, when he showed me that song, I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, I was, so, we so were all, okay. we were all in the studio and, um, and, uh, and, he, and he laid down the basic um, uh, uh, scratch tracks for that song and uh, we were all laughing and stuff and then that was just it was such a joy to record because there was just there's so much humor in that song it was just really funny and and um tim chandler tim chandler who was playing the bass uh, from daniel amos yeah jason martin played guitar in a couple songs so yeah so it's called uh, it's called skinny by steve hitalong h-i-n-d-a-l-o-n-g there's a couple Jason songs he he plays guitar on. It's a great album. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Tim Chandler really did some cool guitar on that uh, on that yeah. big style song. Um, yeah, it's a shame that he's gone. I can't believe it. He's, uh, yeah, rest in peace. And Gene Eugene too. Yeah, and Gene for yeah. yeah, a long time. Wow, it's been way. Uh, no, this year or no no, next year it's going to be um, twenty years. Really. Right? Yeah. No way. I'm old. <laughs> Twenty years. Wow. Yeah, it'll be. I think in. I think in March. I think he passed away in March of um of two thousand. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. You're right because the choir flapped your wings. We miss you, Gene. That. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Two thousand. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right, Sam, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, we are ever so appreciative of your time, Wayne. It has I been could talk an forever. Pleasure. This could go forever and ever. Sure. Like, I had a great time. Thanks, guys. Like from uh, like '93 to like '98, like any great music in the indie Christian scene, like the Franklins, Wayne Everett, or Steve Hedlund or Junior Gene was involved. <laughs> I remember as a, just the nerd out a little bit when, like, when uh, I became a Christian in like '96, nine, yeah, and so um, America, I'm sorry, yeah, America was the first album I got, and so. Linear notes because I didn't know anything, so and they would give shout outs to like bands with the mortal, the prayer chain, and stuff like that. So then I would go back and get it, and so then from there, I'll be like, Oh, oh, Wayne Everett's up here, or Eric, however you say his name again, or Jay, well, whoever, so I, yeah, Cavazano, or Frank Lenz, or whoever's up there. So I was just you know, it's like little like cliff notes or like little clues that I know is going to be great music, it was just like so much, it was like so great. So just talking to you, like you've been on like so many, like. Like the prayer chain, like yeah, like the song fifty-eight. I mean, that song mm-hmm. about you know father leaving you, which was very personal to me. I go on and on forever, and to say oh, um, mm-hmm. the best, um, um, Dave Girl, Wayne Everett, and John Blackwell, Prince's longtime drummer, best drummers ever, and it's just so great to be able to talk to you. You've been a part of me so much great music, it's just so amazing. 
I mean, and then Starfire albums like Americana, Everybody Makes Mistakes, and Fashion Focus. I mean, those are the best albums that, you know, and it's just amazing that, wow, wow. what a great time and what a great time for music. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry. I had to get that out. No, I man, feel thank better you now. so much. It's <laughs> really, really, really kind of you, man. Um, it's not kind, it's the truth. I'm, I'm not a very kind person. I'm a very truthful person. And that's the truth. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, yeah, speaking of speaking of Frank Lenz, he um, he produced a lot of uh, and engineered um, a lot of the songs on this new um, this new solo album I've got coming out. Um, okay, so cool. You'll hear some of you'll hear some of his mastery um, uh, on that, um, and then uh, uh, his solo albums you know, kind of are great too. His solo really albums good. are good too. Yeah, you got to get Frank Lenz's albums too <laughs> totally and on the record there will be there is a a song that is the um it's the reply to dig in your style so this is my song in uh, in in tribute to steve no way <laughs> i can't wait that's awesome <laughs> hey guys, you listen. You literally right now just just pause this and go. Um, I'm sure it's probably on YouTube or something. Whatever you gotta listen. Dig in your style, Steve. Head along. It's a trip. <laughs> 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 I love that song. <laughs> awesome. It's a it's a wild one. <laughs> it is. So I mean, I guess that's it, Sam. Well, uh, actually, one last parting question. I was, oh, okay, I was yeah. getting sure. Um, <laughs> so as a parting question. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? When you was a little kid? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. Um, I think, I think maybe, uh, I, I, well, I had a, you know, all the typical things that I wanted to be. I wanted to play sports and, you know, be an astronaut and stuff and, um, but I think really it, it, it turned for me when I, when I first like, um, uh, when I first went to the, the boys club to play some basketball with my neighbors and like, and walking in there and over the PA, they were playing the Go-Go's song called We Got the Beat. And it just had that slamming four on the floor drums. And I was like, wow, nothing hit me so hard and i was like what is this sound what is this music this is really insane it's amazing and so um so i think that was when i really started feeling you know music and feeling the drums and i think that was probably what set me on the course of like wanting to get into playing drums and and then i just kind of lucked out and was able to do it for a while for a living you know so that was a, a really, <laughs> really uh, uh, fortunate thing that happened. But it all started with the Go-Go's. So we need to pray to Baby Jesus and say thank you, Go-Go's, so much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Gina Shock, one of the most underrated drummers ever. I don't think I've ever heard a Go-Go song. I'm, not, I'm uh, 100% sure I've never heard a Go-Go song. Uh, you got to go back to the first, that first album called Beauty and the Beat. That sounds so cheesy, man. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, they uh, uh, cause they were like re- they were really like one of the first one of the first um like all female groups um who also really? wrote all of their own songs in the rock and roll scene. Huh. They were there were some others in the seventies, 
But um, when the Go-Go's started in like 1979 or 80, they had been kind of like a punk band before. Um, uh, the singer, Belinda Carlisle, she had, um, she had uh, played. Her. Yeah, she was the singer of the Go-Go's and she had played drums in the Germs at the Seminole punk rock band. <gasps> really? Whoa. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, weird thing. That's it's just kind of like the That's LA. That's very weird. <laughs> Yeah, that's like finding anyway. out. Did you know George Clinton from the problem Fucker Delic? He started as a doo wop singer. That's well, oh wow, I did not know that. Wow. Life is crazy. I got to see George Clinton re- recently. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, he played oh, here God, in L.A. Um, it was it was wild. It was it was crazy because the show went on so late. They were so late coming onto the stage. That <laughs> I think. I think some of the audience were kind of exhausted by the time he came out because there were DJs playing so much music the whole time. But um, <laughs> wow. but it was it was it was still a good show. It was it was it was amazing just just to be able to see a legend like that, you know. And that he still can do it at that age. He's got to be pushing yeah. eighty now. Right? Anyway, well, we're yeah. taking up enough yeah. of your time. I could go on for like three more hours, and I'm not going to do that <laughs> to you or or anyone else. <laughs> so we'll we'll put a button on that right now. <laughs> Sam, well, take it away. Having me, guys. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. Yeah, That's Wayne, it's, uh, it's been an absolute honor, privilege, and a joy. Um, we've had so much fun, so thank you for taking your time. Uh, it was a lot of fun, guys. Uh, anytime. All right. All right. Well, yeah, you have a good night, night man. Okay, All take right. care. This has been a Blue Collar Production. Good night, Sam. Sleep tight. Good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar Love, a Starflyer 59 retrospective. Your hosts are me, Samuel King, and Aaron Anderson. Production and editing done by Samuel King. This has been a Brothers King Media production.